Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting-edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnet.com. Let's go. All right, thank you so much for being here with me today, Esther. I super appreciate your time. Can you tell a little bit about your background and how did you become a coach? And also you are an author for four books, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. Yes. Cool. Thanks for having me, Bruno. Yeah, I, um, I have a background in uh, clinical nutrition. I have both a bachelor's and a master's degree in clinical nutrition and worked in hospitals for five years before I even went the holistic route. So I always believe, you know, this, the, that working with really sick clients teaches you to help create really healthy clients. So um, I've been doing this now for over 20 years and um, have really treated everything under the sun. And um, there is there are a few conditions that I have not treated in my practice. So... Um, you know, I look at the whole body, I look at the mindset, I look at, I, I have clients who range from people with Epstein-Barr and rheumatoid arthritis and Lyme disease to people who are rebuilding their business and need practice guidelines there. And then I also coach the mental, spiritual, emotional piece as well. So I, it, it is truly a holistic practice for a holistic person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very broad aspect. Do you have a, like a favorite kind of like client that you really enjoy working with or you really don't care about it? If you can choose one, yeah. like a specific thing, you know. One specific thing I require um, and people have to really interview with me before uh, to even see if or how I can help them. So the one client I want to attract is the client that is ready to show up and do the work and isn't caught up in all of the details of what is the plan and what is this and exactly how much protein am I going to eat? Because we, we cover all of that, but they're far more interested in the results that they're going to get for themselves. And they see the value in working with someone in conjunction with themselves because they're ready to take action. You know, if someone comes to me and isn't sure or, you know, is very skeptical of the whole thing, then I can't possibly, no coach on earth can really help them. So they have to be open and present and ready to embrace the journey and be really uh, responsible and mindful during the process. Got you, got you. Open-minded. Yeah, that's the best thing we can always have in our lives. So let's get in a little bit more details about your story here. Uh, you said that life started to change on your mid-20s in a hair salon. Can you share oh. this story <laughs> with the audience, please? This is such a funny story. You know, for women or and men with curly hair, life is different because your hair is 
so it, it's such a life lesson that you cannot control your hair. It's, uh, it, you know, you've got to really embrace it and go with it. And so in my mid twenties, you know, I was always blow frying my hair and, um, trying to get it straight. And just, I, I, at one point I cut it off boy short. I mean, it was like an inch long in my twenties and, and, uh, I finally decided to give in and I went to a salon that catered to curly girls specifically, although they treat straighties too. And, um, and once I learned to kind of let go and embrace my curls, they flourished. I mean, I have this like gorgeous thick head of curls that's wild and untamed and it really speaks to who I am on a daily basis. And the best part of the story, it really truly has a happy ending because um, my stylist, I call her my hairy godmother, she actually fixed me up on a date with the man who I have now been with for 14 years and is my husband and our son is turning nine. So, I mean, she really is my hairy godmother at this point. Mm, interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like people might be listening to this and like, why? What does the hair has to do with our health, right? So, mm -hmm. what did it really change inside of you when you decide to really show who you really are in terms of your hair, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was so interesting, Bruno, because um, at the time, you know, I was single and dating, and um, the men who accepted and loved my curls. Were, it, was a, it was a good way to screen out people who were truly attracted to me for who I was. And when we can step into ourselves and when we can just say, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. This is my path. And when we take ownership of our own path, then we attract the right people for us who are supposed to be in our own path as well. And it's very liberating um, to just let yourself be who you're supposed to be, you know, and I, I see this in my son as well. All this work was a precursor because he is a square peg in a round hole. And, you know, teachers are always telling us, oh, he's so active and he's so energetic and he's so this and this. I'm like, but that's who he is. So we're not yeah. trying to change that. We're trying to honor that. And, And, um, we're not trying to shame that. And, and we do that with ourselves. We shame ourselves. We shame our bodies. We shame our hair. You know, we, we try and control everything. We have plastic surgery. We, you know, wear a lot of makeup. And if we can just let that suit of armor go, the, the suit of armor that when we fight ourselves and try and physically change ourselves radically, it's really more at that point, you have to ask yourself, what is this really about? Um, right. you know, what is underneath all of this insecurity and all of this masking? And I'm not saying you shouldn't try and look beautiful because if that makes you feel good and plastic surgery does make you feel good, more power to you. But at the end of the day, no amount of outer work is going to change the work that you have to do inside for yourself. Yeah, that's so true. And it's so tiring to pretend sometimes like just because of the media or because of family, we try to show that image but we really we're not that person so yeah i totally understand you so let's talk about in 2007 right so after your son was born you got diagnosed with epstein bar yeah. and to be honest with you i don't know what that mean, means this uh, condition can you explain a little bit about and, and talk what it is yes. this, uh, It's, uh, boy, it's been such a path. Epstein-Barr, I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus, um, but it took me seven years to even get properly diagnosed. I developed this 
horrible, debilitating insomnia when my son was born. And I really only went public with it recently because I was writing books. I was doing television and media tours and taking care of my family on the in, in public. And in private, I was crying hysterically. I was depressed. At times, I was suicidal and um, was an absolute train wreck because I went from doctor to doctor saying, I have insomnia. And they said, it's all in your head. Go for a walk. Uh, drink a glass of wine every night. There's nothing wrong with you. And um, so that in and of itself was really, really tough. And um, a colleague of mine said to me, you know, he, he's a good friend. He was treating me. He's a naturopath. And he couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And he said, you know what, Esther, this is your responsibility. This is your calling. When you are this sick, it is your responsibility to then take your illness and help other people with it. And it really resonated with me. And eventually I found the practitioner who diagnosed me with it. And since then, I have begun diagnosing and treating um, my own clients with the same things that I have. So, of course, we attract that. So Epstein-Barr is a virus that can sit in your system dormant for years. Or maybe you've had tonsillitis when you were a child or you had mono when you were a teenager. That is the Epstein-Barr virus. And what happens is if you don't kill it, if you don't eradicate it from your system, it hangs out. And then when you go through a major hormonal shift like pregnancy or menopause or just a really big stress in your life, it manifests itself. And I'm seeing it in my clients as Lyme disease because it turns on the titers for Lyme. I have Mm. seen it as rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Um, I have seen it as Hashimoto's thyroid issues. So it hangs out in your thyroid. It stresses out your liver. Um, it can cause insomnia. It can cause, uh, and another client of mine, I had her tested cause she was having numbness and tingling in her arms and legs. So it, it hangs out, it attacks your nerves. It can cause insomnia. It can cause depression, a lot of joint aches. So I'm really seeing it a lot in practice now. And I, I just had three patients just this month who I said, who I was treating, I said, go get tested for Epstein-Barr. They all have it. So it doesn't yeah. matter if it says that it's a past infection, it still means it's in your system and you have to get the viral load down. So gotcha, I work gotcha. with patients to help heal that as well. And it's, it's the greatest gift that ever happened to me. It has changed everything about how I live my life yeah. And, yeah. and treat my patients. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. So Esther, I just came back from Brazil a week ago and I'm staying with a friend for the moment, right? And she knows what I do. And then last night she was having pizza and then she looked at me (laughs) and said, do you want to have some? And I said, no, I'm I'm good. Actually, I don't. And she's like, oh, you can't have that, right? And I said, no, I can't have. I just don't want. Can you talk about the difference between I can't eat this and I don't want to eat Mm -hmm. this? Right. Well, think about the energetic shift that happens within you when you say, I can't do this versus I don't, I, I can eat gluten. I don't eat gluten. I can't drink alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. One mm-hmm. is a victim. The first is I can't help implies and connects you to feeling like a victim. I don't is a choice. That right. is all about empowerment. And your perspective, as long as you can shift it, it puts all the power back into your own hands so that you're not victimized. You're like, dude, just like you did, Bruno, like, dude, I can have pizza. I choose not to because 
it doesn't work for me. That's another great tagline. You know what? That just doesn't really work for me because mm -hmm. it doesn't. I'm like you. If I have pizza, I, I feel awful. I really don't. It, it doesn't feel good in my body. And once you learn to the, the other piece of I can't versus I don't is knowing what physically works for you and what doesn't. And once you know and you make the connection between the food you're eating and how you feel physically, that choice becomes a heck of a lot easier especially if you are struggling with an autoimmune condition or you're struggling with depression or PMS or irritability and low blood sugar, all of those things respond beautifully to the food that you put in your body. And the choice that you have is how you approach that food and how the food works or doesn't work for you in your own body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. So also, Esther, we have something similar. You say that you love to break the rules and... <laughs> I also like doing that as well. But there is a difference between the rules of society and the rules of nature. You know, I try to follow the, the laws of nature and always questioning about the rules of society, right? And when I was in San Diego, actually, my friend uh, that I was staying with, she, I didn't t take a shower for one day, right? And so she was like, oh, you have to shower today. You haven't showered yet. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like showering today. <laughs> and so, so she was like, no, but it's the rule. You have to shower every day, especially in Brazil. We are from Brazil and we, we shower pretty much every day, right? So she was like, oh, you have to shower. You have to shower. I said, well, I don't feel like. And who said that? It's like society. It's imposing on you. Is it a law of nature that or is it something going to happen to me if I don't shower? You know, so just about questioning me. So my question is about this in terms of, especially with health nowadays, right? There is a lot of information. So how do you go about this? So, so many, many informations and we questioning, right? So we, ha we have to be questioning things because it can be doing something wrong in terms of in, for our own health, right? What's happening, Bruno, is that people are information junkies and they're getting so overloaded with information that they don't know which one end is up. They mm -hmm. no longer understand if they're truly hungry or truly full um, because they're eating every four hours instead of when their body tells them to feel hungry. They don't understand. They've lost the ability to intuit what they already know inside of them. And we've all gone down that rabbit hole, right? We've all, I've always been somebody who runs on carbs and not a lot of fat um, and not too much protein. And yet over the years I said, let me, oh, I need to follow a paleo diet. Well, I really didn't. That actually worsened all of my Epstein-Barr symptoms. So we all intuitively know what we need. And it's our responsibility. And this is how I help coach people in the most dramatic way is helping them return to themselves, to come home again to the person they were. It's almost like putting them in a time machine so they can go back and be, because we all remember that time in our lives when we felt really good. So it's our responsibility to shut out the noise and information is good. Sure. We, we know that gluten doesn't really help a lot of people. We know that sugar is inflammatory. Those are the big rocks. But the nuances, that's our responsibility to return to ourselves and honor our cravings and honor our bodies and let our bodies intuitively guide you. Some days mm -hmm. you may just want to eat fruit for the days. Other days you may want to eat a lot more protein and vegetables. That is your responsibility to find what works for you. Most people who want a plan 
are not willing to think for themselves and take the time they need to actually mm. learn what their body needs. And if we can do that, oh my gosh, like, I mean, that's ultimately my job is to make sure no one needs me anymore because they've got it. And that reminds me of the, oh, we should eat this, this or that, right? A lot of people are saying, especially like we just talked about, about all this information, but I want to eat this other thing. So actually your body is saying something else. So it's all about listening to our own bodies, right? But how do we go about listening to the body Sometimes like, oh, but I want to have that donut. I want to have that sugar, right? My body's saying, I want that, so, yeah. but I should eat this. So how do you go about really mm -hmm. deciding like, oh, yes, my body's saying this, but this is not good. You know, do you don't know what I mean? I do. And I think if you really want that donut, you have that donut and see how it feels in your body. See how mm. it feels for you. Does it, do you, do you, you know, ride the high for an hour and then crash or do you feel okay, but then it starts triggering your cravings or does it not affect you at all? Most people, it's going to make them feel crummy afterwards. There's no better learning experience than feeling bad after you've done something that you thought was good, right? And, and no bad or good, just, you know, right. there, but it's a great learning experience and it can be done in a judgment-free zone and when you give yourself permission when you're like fine I'm going to eat that donut all right I'm going to feel like crap after but it's what I want at the time then the craving goes away the the power that food has over you gets lost it's no longer interesting or seductive I mean think about it I, would marriage would extramarital affairs happen if there wasn't you know the restrictions of marriage right would it be as tempting for a lot of people Probably not. So, you know, I, I love to break the rules in the sense of like, you know, I don't like to feel restrictive, uh, restricted. And the antidote to doing that is say, I can have anything I want. I choose not to, just like I can't eat versus I don't eat. And so have the donut, experiment, see how it makes you feel. I guarantee it's not going to be an experiment you're going to repeat all that often because you will pay the price. Hey, what's up, guys? Brunda Gama here, Brazilian Health Nut. And let's take a little break from the show because I want to offer you something very, very special, okay? So if you go to BrazilianHealthNut.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, you find a place that you can claim your free strategy call with me. Or you can just send me an email at bruno at BrazilianHealthNut.com and tell me that you want to schedule your free call, okay? During this call, we are going to develop a strategy that works for your kind of body and lifestyle because remember that we all different. So go ahead and do that now because spots are limited, okay? So now let's get back to the show. Did you, so did you pay the price when you had french fries and mayo with gin and tonic and your no. mom looked at you and said, <laughs> I didn't think you ate that, Esther. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, because... That's, that's something that, A, I had one gin and tonic, and mm -hmm. I had some French fries, and I don't do it often so that when I do, it's not a big deal. Am I a little bloated the next day? Yeah, sure. But then that's it. it go, you know, I drink a ton of water, and I keep working out, and I eat a lot of anti-inflammatory foods the next day, and it's done. And that's my balance. When I really, really want something, I give myself permission to have it. Um, and I don't binge out on it because of it. I don't feel deprived and restricted. And so, and like really French fries for me is something I can have. It's not, you know, I can find gluten-free versions. It's 
you know, within the realm of what I can eat. So I take stock in that too. Mm-hmm. Is that how you handle your life? Like in terms of cheat day and like, let's say, do you have a specific one or you just like whenever you feel like having something, you just go ahead and have, because the way I live, I live, I try to live by the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, I'm really specific of what I'm doing and 20% I just don't stress. Yeah. But I don't have like a particular day. Oh, this is my day to cheat, quotation mark, right, exactly. on my diet. I just go, if I'm if out with a friend or something like that on an occasion where I cannot have at all my the foods that I want, I just don't stress and I enjoy whatever I have, right? Yeah. How do you handle this subject? Yeah, I, I call it indulging on purpose. I indulge on purpose or you could call it preemptive cheating. You know, I have something every day. I'll have a square of dark chocolate or I'll have, you know, a couple of bites of fries or... Uh, last night I have, I found these gluten-free ice cream cones that are, it's so funny. They're like 10 calories. And so I just want just a little something. So I filled it with some dairy-free, uh, ice cream. It was just a little almond milk ice cream. And that was it. It was tiny. It was like, you know, you could palm of your hands tiny. So, and that's it. It doesn't, I have found the amount I can eat without tipping my body into weight gain. I have found the amount I need to eat to maintain my weight or stay lean. And so that's just been from years of experimenting. I, I, I'm tuned in now to when my body's truly hungry and when, you know, when I need to eat and when I don't. So I've gotten really good at listening to my body and understanding the cues of like, okay, I'm actually really hungry right now. I haven't eaten in a while or, you know, I can tell when I'm bored and just standing at the pantry and I'm like, yeah, just go for a walk or go back to work or call a friend, take a work break. You know, you just, you practice and you practice and you practice every day you practice and you talk to yourself. What do I really want to eat? Do I want to eat something that's crunchy? Do I want to eat something that is, you know, cool and creamy or hot and spicy? Okay, let me find that. And when you figure out exactly what you want to eat and you couple that with when you're hungry versus when you're full, like you're golden because you know, you know, you're so dialed into exactly what your body wants and what your body needs. And to that end, Bruno, like even on the days I do indulge the next day, I am always back to my old yes. eating. Like it just, I don't think about it anymore. It's so automated. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. I feel the same. Like I, whenever I eat something that I, I supposedly shouldn't be having, the next day I go back riding track because it feels better this way. You know, you don't feel good eating that every day. Sometimes just about the psychological thing. So, Esther, before we get into a little bit about exercise and mindset, I would like to ask you in terms of losing weight, right? This show is really about finding the, the right formula, let's say, for people losing weight. And when people come to you and they, ju they just come to you because they want to lose weight, how do you have this conversation with them? And how do you, you know, do you start the program in terms of, without knowing any details, because there can be a lot of different things, right? It can be like an autoimmune problem <laughs> that they don't even know about it and that can be triggering the, the weight, uh, the gain of weight that they're having, right? So right. Can you mm -hmm. Well, the... Um I'll use my current client um, who I'll use her as an example. You know, she is, she doesn't have any major health issues, but she drinks, you know, we figured out her diet is overall pretty good. But um, we look at, again, I look at the gaps. What do you need more of? She actually needed more protein in her diet. 
and she needed more vegetables in her diet. So we start by adding in because what was happening is she was crashing and starving. You know, she was eating um, raisin bran for breakfast and lunch was a salad of vegetables, but no protein, me or maybe a little. She wasn't snacking. By mm-hmm. four o'clock on, she was snacking, eating her kids' snacks, eating her kids' dinner, and then her husband is also a wine importer, so she was drinking two to four glasses of wine every night. Right. So we start, I love to add things in first before I take away. So what we first did is I said, this is the amount of protein you're going to need, so let's talk about how you're going to get throughout the day. And once she did that within a day or two, her blood sugar was stable, her appetite was controlled. And now we're working much more on the behaviors around her alcohol, um, what, what it's triggering, how it trig- you know, gets her off track the whole rest of the week. And she's very motivated because she has a closet full of clothes she cannot wear. She has a beach vacation coming up at the end of the month. She's got to be in a bathing suit and she's mortified. So there are a lot of triggers, but what's so interesting. And I mean, for me too, like getting into a bathing suit never motivates me. What motivates me is feeling energized, having the energy to exercise and like feeling like my sugar cravings are under control. So Mm -hmm. again, everybody's carrot, right? I call it the carrot that's dangled in front of them as the reward. Like for her too, fitting in her clothes isn't really getting her excited, but what gets her excited is the thought of getting dressed without any stress. It's the result of the results. So Mm -hmm. for her, the result of losing weight is just like overall happiness and less depression and anger and frustration because she's fitting into her clothes. It isn't about the clothes themselves. It's what they represent in her life. So Mm -hmm. once you tap into that piece of someone's psyche, then you're going to get the results. It's never about the food, right? Everyone knows about the food. People are educated now. I mean, yes, some people don't know that donuts are not as good for you as a chicken breast, but for the most part, most people do. Mm -hmm. And what kind of proteins did you add it? It was more like an animal food? Um, Really, I go, it depends on the individual, okay? Uh, Um, But for her, you know, she's in otherwise very good health. So we did, uh, and she doesn't eat eggs, so, but for someone else, I would do pastured eggs, wild Alaskan salmon, grass-fed meats, pastured chickens, um, and any wild game, you know, buffalo, uh, venison, duck, lamb, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Got you, got you, got you. And so let's talk about exercise now a little bit. And you say that you no longer obsess about exercise. What are you doing in terms of exercise or physical activity, just movement nowadays? I call... I call my exercise, I call it my walkitation. It is my moving meditation. So I walk every day, anywhere from 30 to 90 minutes. And um, I lift weights a couple days a week. And that's it. And that has kept me more fit than when I was training for a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just, it's the movement. It's getting outside. It's breathing. Um, I do some meditation but mostly just walking and yoga. That's yeah, it. Walking, walking, walking yoga, really a little uh, weights, and that, and weights. Because if I don't, I really my joints hurt, and I have some disc issues in my neck. So I really have to lift weights, otherwise my body goes to pot. <laughs> yeah, just from yeah, exactly. just from a pain. And again, Bruno, I do it. 
to get rid of my pain. I'm not doing it for fat loss. The fat loss is a byproduct. But my care is pain management. And also you enjoy doing that too as well. I think that's uh, one of the biggest mistake people do it they just follow whatever people are saying in terms of exercise but never they never address what they really enjoy doing first of yeah. all so it's not well, it's, it's not going to be sustainable it's right it's funny i mean i do enjoy weights to a point but it's not my favorite my real favorite is walking but sometimes you've mm-hmm. got to bite the bullet and suck it up a little and do what your body needs mm-hmm. yeah i found out this about myself on this journey as well oh, like really? i yeah i've i always since 16 years old, I go, I go to the gym to lift weights, right? But I never loved that. But I was doing because of society. Mm. So nowadays, what I do, I go probably once or twice a week. And when I was in Brazil, I had a gym on my place. So I didn't even have to go to the gym. I just work out of my place. But then I love being active. I love playing sports. I love playing tennis and soccer, going for walks. So I, I was going to, for walks like pretty much every day, like 60 to 90 minutes, sometimes two hours, just walking nice. on the beach or with friends. So yeah, it's, uh, we got to address the things that we like to do. So what about the weight on the scale? Let's talk this subject here. Uh, and a lot of people are concerned about the weight on the scale. Just know, uh, I haven't weighed myself for a long time. Yeah. Actually, last month I did because I was on my cousin's house and she had a scale there. So I was like, oh, let me, let me check it out. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm like 75 kilograms, right? So I forgot how much that's in pounds, probably like 170 almost. And I always wanted to be 75 kilograms. Of, <laughs> that was my goal, right? And when I, when I saw that, really didn't anything really change my life. I was the same person. This, I didn't get happier because I was 75 kilograms. Nothing really changed, right? So let's talk about the, the weight of the scale. But it's very telling because you weren't stressing about it when it happened, right? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Boom. There's your answer. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't believe in weighing the scale because your closet is your scale. That's all you need. You know what you look like naked at every single weight. If you've been someone who's weighing yourself your whole life, you don't need a scale. You need to see how your clothes fit. And if you really want to measure results, just get a tape measure out um, and measure yourself once a month. You know, measure your thighs at the widest point where like your saddlebags occur if you have those. Or measure your waist at your belly button. Measure your arms, you know, two inches, two to three inches above your elbows. You know, however you are consistent. The fact is no one needs a scale. You look at your stomach when you wake up. Are you bloated or are you flat or somewhere in between? Are you consistent? Are you, um, do your thighs rub together or not? Um, you know, is your butt pointing south or is it pancake and flat? You know, all these things you, you can measure far and how you look and how you feel. That's your scale. I don't, I, I haven't had, even when I started in private practice, I had a scale in my office, but we rarely used it. It just, for most pe- some people are really objective about it. Most people aren't. And you're, you still, the fact that you can just recall what you weighed that time, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it does a number on your head and I find it just breeds great unhappiness and it takes the focus away from the larger mission, which is to get yourself healthy and eat better. And for most people, when they weigh themselves and don't see the number they want, there's a whole conversation that happens. Like, oh, you totally screwed up again. If you tried harder, you would do better. 
then it turns into like, you're not a good person. You have, you're weak. You have no willpower. I mean, there's very little upside to weighing yourself. <laughs> I think body fat measurements are so much better. So, you true. know, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, cause the scale gives no indication of muscle mass or body fat right. at all. So yeah, there a- is a lot of problems related just to weight itself in terms of like, uh, not even seeing the, the whole picture, like you just said about the your body mass and fat and all these kind of yeah, I mean, things that are much more, if, much more. If you go by the body mass index, if you use Arnold Schwarzenegger's measurements, he is clinically oh, yeah. obese by those right. measurements. So it goes to tell you like it really, mm. I mean, it, yes, if you have a, I always say if you have a, a high gut butt ratio, like if your, if your gut sticks out more than your butt does, you're probably insulin resistant and you need to address that with diet and or exercise. But, um, you know, and, and it's a health issue, sure. But again, a scale will never, the numbers on the scale aren't going to resolve your health issue. Your diet's going to resolve your health issue. So yeah. it's just common sense this, at the end of the day. Right. This reminds me because when I was growing up as a teenager, I was super skinny. So I had body image problems, you know, related to that. Especially the scale. I was so afraid to step on the scale because I was too skinny, not because I was fat. But, and I think the 75 kilograms mark, that's something that I create to myself in my head, mm-hmm. comes back to my, my childhood, you know. Because I was thinking, oh, when I have this, when I get there, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'm going to have the body that I really want. And really, this reminds me of this. When I have this, yes. then I will be happy, right? Yeah. So we are I- kind of like waiting for to get there and in order to be happy when we should be happy already to have whatever you want, right? Well, that's it. Is yeah. the, It's, uh, you know, my, my mentor and friend, um, Jesse Elder, he always says, what you appreciate appreciates so what you start appreciating now is what's going to grow in your life. Not, it's not the when-then trap of exactly what you said. When I lose 10 pounds, then I'll have a better marriage. Nope. Mm-hmm. Your, your ability to have a better marriage depends on how you work on your marriage right now, and your body has nothing to do with it. Your body just gets to be the scapegoat during this process. But the reality is it has nothing to do with your body <laughs> and everything to do with your mind. When I lose 20 pounds, then I will be he- healthy. Yeah. No, you should be healthy now, acting and believing and really creating the healthy image in your head in order to lose the 20 pounds. Yes. So That's how. I do a lot of um, affirmations and prayers yeah. with yeah. my clients around their bodies and around their health. And um Exactly like you said, starting to see your body healthy now as it is or in an active place of healing or in an active place of losing weight, that gets you to the weight, not like, oh, I'll, I'll do these things when I'm fit. I always hear this too. I'm sure you do. Like, I'm going to do cardio until I lose weight and then I'll start lifting weights. No, start lifting weights now. Even if you can't lift a lot, just start and start training your muscles, your body, and your mind because it's very hard if you haven't been lifting all along to just lose 20 pounds and then all of a sudden say, okay, now I'm going to start lifting. No, when you're 20 pounds lighter, maybe then you can attempt the box jumps, but in the meantime, you can do some body weight lunges and squats and still get to where you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. And you have this thing about how to get everything that you want, and you actually wrote a check for yourself for the next, uh, I think, 
seven months, yeah. right? So can you explain this, the science and the psychology yeah. behind this, please? Yes, and there is a wonderful book that I read that inspired me, that, that really got the ball rolling for me. It's called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. And it's not only about financial prosperity, but emotional prosperity. And we have to, it boils down to the way we speak to ourselves and the language we choose for ourselves, right? Versus like, I can't versus I don't. And this is, you know, I am prosperous now. I am, I am thin now. I am building my practice now. I am attracting my clients now. Whatever it is that you want to attract, you've got to put it out there now. So um, that enables the subconscious mind to start working on what it is that you need to achieve. And there has never been a time, and I have had all sorts of financial change and growth and shrinkage and all sorts of shifts in my life. There has never been a time when I could not pay my bills and I could not figure out some way to, to get money into my life because I believed and trusted that it would come. And so with weight loss, so I wrote myself a, a nice six-figure check. It's up in my office. I look at it every single day. And I know that every single day I am getting closer to that number. And I will have that number and I will write myself, you know, I will deposit that check. So mm -hmm. um, awesome. <laughs> the, the fact is whatever we manifest and whatever we choose to allow ourselves to have in our life, we will have in our life. And mm -hmm. so... Um, you know, there, there is a bit of faith, but it's truly, I, I attract more and more Bruno. Like even this weekend, you know, I, I was telling my son, we were, my family and I were at this beautiful farm where they harvested fresh maple syrup from the trees right on their property. This is just right down the road from my house. There were 300 maple trees. So we got fresh maple syrup right from the tree. And, um, and the farm had all these heart-shaped rocks, right? And I said to my son, oh, my God, I love these heart-shaped rocks. So we were hiking uh, later that day. He said, Mom, I found a big heart-shaped rock. Yesterday, I was walking with a client at the beach. I looked down. There was the most perfect heart-shaped rock I've ever seen. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow. Like, when the more you... Put that out there for yourself and you trust that there is a divine order working for you that has all the answers you need and will bring them to you at exactly the right time, you will get there. And so it's to the point now where like, I just have to think of a friend and my phone will ring and it will be that friend. Like I am that dialed into the spiritual superhighway, and it just, it's new for me, but the more I practice it, the better it gets. And so same awesome. is for you. It's like we, we have this negative talk where we limit ourselves all the time. When I lose weight, then I'll buy nice clothes. No, buy your nice clothes now, live your life and be happy in the present. And so you'll get them taken in later. Like stop looking at the closet full of clothes you can't fit into. Buy clothes you can, get rid of those old clothes and move on with your life and you're done. And yeah. everything else comes in due time. It's like you always hear the stories about people who say, it's when I gave up on love, I, I figured it was never coming to me, so I just let it go, right? I set it free and boom, like the love of their life appears. Because they, don't, they weren't attached to the outcomes. When you're yeah. in the present 
And when you are appreciating all blessings in your life in the present, then abundance comes to you. It's when you have a lack mindset or a, um, a scarcity mindset of like, oh, this is never going to happen to me. And what if I don't lose the weight? It shows that you have no trust in the universe around you. And so once you start to relax and build that trust, then the flow happens of abundance. And then you do get what you want because you know it will come. And it's not conditional on when you lose weight and when you make money and when you have that relationship you want. There's no pressure. Mm -hmm. It's just chill. Yeah, that's the the biggest message for me today here talking to you. It's about this mentality of abundance versus scarcity. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's I've been working a lot on myself mm-hmm. also as well. And so Esther, the last question that I have for you here, it's about this this one thing that everyone wants. And that's not happiness, that's not <laughs> lose away, that's not being rich, rich, right? So can you tell about what is this one thing, please? The one thing that every single person wants is to feel better. That is the one thing that everyone wants. We're all struggling every day. Maybe you don't have a good night's sleep or you're unhappy with your weight or your job is stressful or your relationship is stressful. Everyone wants to feel better. So um, what I have on my website, it's it's estherblum.com. It's E-S-T-H-E-R. B-L-U-M, Esther Blum, I have a free ebook, 36 Ways to Feel Better. And there are lots of ways that every day you can cope and give yourself the tools you need to snap yourself out of your funk and raise your vibrational energy and attract all it is that you want to have for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so where can people find you and what's next for you now? What what have you been up to? Any new projects? So, yes. And by the way, people can find me on Facebook. My fan page is Living Gorgeous. Um, My Instagram feed is Gorgeous Esther, and it's all on estherblum.com. So right now what I'm doing is I am building my coaching practice. Um, and I've been working with a lot of new clients. I'm revamping my website to reflect my offerings. And I am also manufacturing a few products which really help me heal from Epstein-Barr, but are just excellent nutritional products. They're powdered drinks that you know you can blend in a smoothie. And they're two different products that are besties. They work together. You could drink them alone. You could drink them together. They're great for adults. They're great for kids. Um, They're great if you're commuting or in between the gym or, uh, you know, need a snack after school for your kids. All of those things are great. So those will hopefully be out later in the year. And, um, yeah, that's honestly, that's what I'm doing. I I host retreats as well. So I'm working on just a day-long retreat up in Connecticut um, in the spring instead of just a whole weekend retreat. So lots of good things down the pipeline. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to link to all these resources on BrazilianHealthNet.com so people can check it out. Esther, thank you so much for being here with us today. I super appreciate the time. You're awesome. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Bruno. Thanks for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.BrazilianHealthNut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.